Hi people, Chili here. First of all, you ought to forgive my voice, I have a bit of a cold at the moment, so that's why I sound a little bit different. But regardless, let's get into this bonus episode. And I bring you this very special episode because it is one year of Live Listen Erased. And of course, first of all, I want to start by saying thank you very much for everyone who has supported the channel and everyone who has watched videos on the channel and hit like and shared it with all their friends and family and all that stuff. So, for you guys, thank you very much. You make this job easier for me. And for those who are watching this video right now, of course, as always, I thank you for taking the time out to have a look at this video and listen to me rant and rave on. With 2021, there were some interesting albums that, of course, came out in the year and I managed to review as many as I could really rethinking over the year of 2021 there were a few albums that when I did the review in hindsight I felt I should change these scores I wanted to change the values of them because they meant more or they were different in hindsight now I'm happy with all my five minute reviews of course but sometimes I can get them wrong and this is mostly due to the time you know, we've got to do... I've got to try and get my review out shortly after the release. That's the aim of my five-minute reviews. I try to get that review out as fast as possible for you guys to enjoy. I don't get any early release to these albums. I get that uh, album when you guys do at the same time. And I try to get that review out generally within two weeks. Anything longer than that, I'm dragging my feet, really. So, and as such, I have to make a few quick decisions to allow an episode to conclude. So... After allowing some more time to pass and playing these albums a bit more, I have decided to rescore three previous episodes, as well as an extra review for an album that I missed out as a bonus to my one year of being a podcaster and on YouTube. The first I have to rescore is going to be Kashira's latest album, Fortitude. What other way to start about celebrating our one year anniversary than going to the very first album that I did as a five minute review on? In the original review, I gave the album an 8.5 out of 10 on my old scale. So, what do I think of it now? Well, first up, I have to say this album made me create the 5-minute series. Their song, Amazonia, was also in my number one song in the top 10 songs of 2021. So with that said, I think you can understand how important this album has become to me. I still find myself blasting this album in any circumstance, and I find it one of Gajira's best albums put out to date, and probably one of their most accessible. Stand aside, gatekeepers, this isn't a bad thing. I think old and new fans can certainly unite on this album and headbang in unison with such tracks such as Born for One Thing, Another World, and the aforementioned Amazonia. Each of these songs contain god-tier riffage and are some of the best hooks that I've heard in 2021. I may be here redoing the scores for this album, but I did not make the same mistake when I made Amazonia the best track of 2021. And now I get to give my retro score for one of the best albums of last year. Overall, I want to give Gajua's Fortitude a new score of 7,500,000 chilies, with it almost being a perfect album except for the song The Trail. Otherwise, from start to finish, this album is well edited with multiple tracks that flow perfectly onto the next, and it is just an incredible listen from start to finish almost. So that was review number one. What's next? Well, why not have some Between the Buried and Me with Colours 2? 
Many times before I have mentioned that one of the reasons I started to do 5 minute reviews was to listen to new music rather than the same old stuff and get out of that musical rut. There have been a few artists that I can say hit the spot and piqued my curiosity. Bullet for My Valentine for one, Trivium for another were good, and Spirit Box certainly were one of the biggest out of left field bands that I reviewed. However, none of these bands held my attention like Between the Buried and Me. With all these bands, I may have heard of them or known a song or two, but with Between the Buried and Me, all I knew was one song, The Coma Machine. And my respect for that track alone led me to review their latest album. And holy shit, I'm glad I did. I didn't really have any expectations for this album, but I wasn't expecting to be turned into a full-on fan with this one release. And it's not just me. Looking at the numbers on Spotify, it appears that longtime fans love this album too, as it now takes up their top 5 tracks to listen to. You don't often see that with a band, and it's great to see that you are not the only one thoroughly enjoying this album. Now, with being a new fan, the only problem is I don't know which album to turn to next. So, to the fans of Between the Buried and Me, please tell me below, or on Twitter, what album I should listen to next. But back to this album, and longtime producer of Between the Buried and Me, Jamie King, has pulled off another incredibly well-edited album here. You can tell by the way the songs flow seamlessly here from one track to another, without the listener truly knowing. It is a sign of great production as well as songwriting, of course. Something I learnt recently is that the song Fix the Error has three guest drummers, with first drum solo being done by former Dream Theatre drummer Mike Portney, second solo being done by drummer of Entheos, Naveen Copperwise, and the ex-drummer of Kandira, Ken Shulk, doing the third solo. So where do I sit when I have had the time to reevaluate this album? Well, in my previous review I gave the album a very respectable 8.5 out of 10 on the old system. Overall, the new score is a solid 9 million chilies on the spicy scale. You can't deny it's a passionate album of brutal, technical death metal with prog mix throughout, and the lads really came together and brought their A-game for this release. It's a great album from start to finish, especially the last track. The last album I'm going to revisit is The Offspring's 2021 release, Let the Bad Times Roll. And that album name pretty much sums it up. Overall, it just hurts. I mean, I truly love Offspring. Some of their tunes are so well written, without equal, and can really hit those nostalgic chords. When people mention the new wave of 90s punk bands, I feel that Offspring can be overshadowed often by Green Day. Regardless of this, The Offspring's last album came out nearly 10 years ago, from Days Gone By, which was okay but not great. But it's not like Offspring were out for the count. I mean, their 2008 album Rise and Fall was phenomenal. So, after such a long wait and with the band in turmoil after firing longtime bassist Greg Kaye, many wondered if an album would even be released. Well, yes, we got a release, but it feels like a band that was trying to recapture that 90s energy and failed spectacularly doing so. It also feels like a rush job. You had years to write songs, and a massive producer with Bob Rock to overlook the project, and instead, I cast doubt over many things. First, I have no hope that Bob Rock can successfully produce any music in the future with this monster fuck-up upon this album. Case in point, Metallica's Saint Anger. And now this. It's weird because when Metallica were producing Saint Anger, they too lost their bass player. And I know that Bob Rock was trying to angle himself in the band a bit there. And I wonder if Bob Rock was also trying to do the same here with The Offspring, and was leaning his styles of bass playing on the record. 
and he has no excuses for being a 40-year veteran to put out such a terrible-sounding album from yet another great band. The second is Dex's ability to write songs. The songs and themes that are here just sunk like a lead balloon. I mean, upon release, they had aged terribly. It's kind of like his frosted tips from his hair. That was the shit back in the 90s, but now as a nearly 60-year-old man with frosted tips and Oakleys, it just looks out of place. Much like these lyrics. Don't get me wrong, there are like one or two good songs on this album with The Opioid Diaries and Hassan Chop. These songs alone gave me hope for the future, but it's hope akin to a supporter of the Fallout franchise. On the last review, I gave the album 3 out of 10, and now I feel that this is too generous. Overall, I will rescore this album at 150,000 chilies. One decent cover of an older song of theirs, two very good songs, and eight unlistenable songs. I said it before and I'll say it again. Dexter, you need to fire Bob Rock before you record your next album. Fuck this album. On to the next. So I have given three albums that I previously reviewed updated scores, and like I promised, I will give a bonus review from another album that came out in 2021, in musician Daniel Santiago. If you are a fan of the show, you will recall his song Open World making my top 10 songs of 2021, and his album is equally impressive. Daniel Santiago is a Brazilian musician and has been on the scene for about two decades now, with influences ranging from his local music to 70s and 80s English rock. The album's song for tomorrow starts off with one of the kings of all English 70s guitarists joining him in Eric Clapton laying down some of his smooth guitar work over the somewhat funky bass line. This song is just pure bliss and has an amazing hook. From start to finish this song is catchy as hell and keeps the listener in a positive mood. This should be played whenever people need a mood boost as it does well to do so. The following track and album title has a grand voice opener with a big stride to it as it ebbs and flows. The vocals are a soaring range that showcase Daniel's ability and it is a beautiful song to hear. The vocals are a soaring range that showcase Daniel's ability and it is beautiful to hear the song being sung in what I can only assume is Brazilian. Also, great guitar work on this track and a great follow-up song. This album is bewildering and is a severely underrated experience, particularly on the vocals and bass line. However, many of the songs are also rock-fueled this album is bewitching and highly underrated judging by the Spotify play counts. There are songs here that are just rock fuel bliss, like the track How It Should Be. And then there are songs that just switch it up to acoustic pieces such as On Mundo. Now, many would have labelled Daniel Santiago as contemporary jazz, and I feel that label is incorrect at least on this album. First of all, I don't even like the name of the genre, contemporary jazz, as contemporary jazz means modern, and that genre has loomed overhead for 50 years, so I wouldn't call a 50-year-old genre contemporary. I think Daniel Santiago toes many genres at once, especially on this album, with Brazilian acoustic rock meets Spanish guitar style, like on the track Progressive. Then there are many tracks that feel like jazz fusions, such as an Oki Valera. Definitely butchered the pronunciation there. Overall, I would say Daniel Santiago is one musician to check out, as he feels like a blend between Sting and Aldi Miola. 
Overall, I give this joyful album 850,000 chilies on the spicy scale, and Daniel Santiago is well worth checking out. Standout tracks include Open World, Song for Tomorrow, and OK Valera. If you were going to check out a new artist today, then I highly recommend to check out Daniel Santiago's album Song for Tomorrow. Also, his previous album Union and Symbiose are also very brilliant albums worthy of hearing. Well, this is Chili signing off for the one-year anniversary of Live Listener Race. Once again, thank you everyone for listening and subscribing. If you haven't already, please consider liking us and following us around their small channel. So everyone who use that do so, it's a massive boost for my confidence. Follow us for all kinds of musical updates. We are going to have a special guest was back on soon for a ranking of Santana's albums. That will actually be a three-parter and that's going to take part over the next couple of months really with the first episode hopefully coming out in one to two weeks time we will do the next one in six weeks with the last episode at six weeks after that i also plan to do a retro review for two more musicians the first one will probably be robert miles song children with the next one being a retro review on black sabbath's headless cross album and we will have the robert miles episode out in time for the easter long weekend and the black sabbath one might take about a month or so i still need to write the script up i thank you all once again and please check out some of the other videos that we have on display especially the ones from live listener race as we discuss many musicians and we play a game regarding the musicians in case so every one of you rock on stay spicy and have a great day take it easy